Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. There are three things I hear echoing back and forth between these two texts. First, each text depicts a moment of decision, a choice that's made as people sort out how to live before God. Now, we who know bits and pieces of the story that follows these moments of decision, we know how aspirational these decisions end up being. We know that the ancient Israelites may be rock solid in that passage at Shechem, but turn the page, and sure enough, they are mired in faithlessness all over again. We are their descendants in faith and in faithlessness. But in that moment that is depicted by the chronicler of Joshua, the people resolutely choose God. Similarly, in the gospel passage, We get to listen in in Capernaum as the disciples choose God. Of course, their spokesperson is Simon Peter, the guy who will three times deny even knowing Jesus. So we have no illusions about the perfect enduringness of this choice. But for this moment, this spotlighted moment of perfect, honest intentionality, in this moment we see the aspirational faithfulness of Jesus's inner circle. So first and most obviously, these two passages each showcase a point of decision regarding how people choose to live out their lives of faith. Somewhat less obviously, each passage offers a basic, this I believe statement. The Joshua text includes one of the oldest statements of faith in the entire Bible. The people don't simply choose God, they make a declaration of what they believe about God. Listen again. It is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight. God protected us all along all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Here, the people of God declare their belief in God as redeemer and protector. And that remains a foundational precept of Judeo-Christian faith. And in today's gospel text, Simon Peter declares on behalf of the 12, we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus, their friend and rabbi, is not simply a wise teacher and a gifted healer, or even a worker of miracles and an enigmatic pain in the neck. No, he's the Holy One of God. So in addition to both depicting moments of decision, both of today's readings lay out a foundational faith statement for us as Christians. Still, it is the third instance of intertextual connection that resonates most deeply for me. Both the writer of Joshua and the writer of John 
depict these moments of choice and these statements of faith as occurring within a called community. As Rena read, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God, and Joshua said to all the people. So, the tribes, the elders, the heads, the judges, the officers, all the people, you can hear the author emphasizing that the whole congregation of the people of God, online and in person, are present together. They are speaking as individuals who, by the shared experience of God's power and love, have become a community of the people of God. Millennia later, the Gospel of John recounts this other specific moment of choosing God and declaring faith. Jesus has been talking and talking and talking about his identity as the bread of life and the necessity of eating his body, and it is freaking people out. Now, Jesus' meaning has to do with the Word made flesh and how we receive that Word into ourselves. It has to do with the incarnation, with the indwelling of the divine, with Jesus being God's gift of life, like manna, only infinitely more so. So, yeah. This is one of those standoffs between metaphor and mystery, and metaphor is not going to win, which leads to the reality that, quote, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So, the gospel tells us, so, Jesus asked the twelve do you also wish to go away? The 12. Jesus asked the 12. That is the very first time in this gospel that that term is used. Those who, however imperfectively, imperfectly, do receive God's word made flesh, they, right here in the text, become a community through their willingness to follow Jesus rather than turn away. <laughs> in my latest underestimation of the Holy Spirit, I actually thought that that trio of connections, decision point, faith, declaration, community, identity, I actually thought that they were safely confined within the pages of this ancient script that we call the Bible. But then, this past Tuesday, we held our August session meeting, and our main topic was the need to clarify what I call covenant's compelling why. You could think of it as our reason for being. Essentially, it's how does the love of God most vividly become manifest here? We needed to have this discussion about covenants compelling why, because the pastor nominating committee, the PNC whom we'll commission in just a moment, begins meeting this week. And while none of us, including Session, including me, none of us 
is to interfere with the PNC with instructions like, you need to call a woman. You'd better call a man. My pastor needs to be older than me. Our pastor needs to be very young. Our pastor needs to be bilingual. Our pastor needs to be my cousin who's a Lutheran, but there's a workaround that, right? No, church. We do not get to tell the PNC who God is calling to be Covenant's next pastor, but we do get to share our insights into who God is calling Covenant to be before and after that pastor arrives. Even before I came here, I had heard of Covenant's commitment to mission outreach, to the serious work of being the hands and feet and voice of Christ in this world that God so loves. But in my first few months here, I really did not feel that stirring here. Now, among the innumerable things this pandemic has cost us is the chance to participate in hands-on mission outreach. I get that. And we are all overwhelmed and bless our hearts doing the best we can. So there is no reproach whatsoever in that observation. But by the end of June, at the end of July, I had pretty much concluded that Covenant wanted to take it easy. I'd watched scores of people turn up for the church picnic, which was a wonderful afternoon, but no one really got behind planting trees for Earth Day. Okay, we know that for it to have a lasting impact, passion must come from the pews, not just from the pulpit. Okay, we certainly wouldn't be the only church that COVID has rendered able to care only for itself. But then, two weeks ago today, Allison Kaufman organized us to make a video for the folks Covenant partners with in Laganav, Haiti. If you haven't seen the video, it's on the website. That morning, I saw and heard John Greeley's passion for our Haiti outreach. I saw and heard Brooke Taylor's passion for our Haiti outreach. I felt that passion present in Rena and in Charlotte in Brent, in Claude, in all of you who hung on every word even as you wiped away the tears. And so, with the launch of the PNC pushing us to get clear about Covenant's compelling why, Session this past Tuesday faced a faith-based decision point. Is Covenant's emphasis overwhelmingly internal? In other words, we focus on getting one another through this pandemic. Or is God calling us back out to being the hands and feet and voice of Christ in this world that God so loves? On Tuesday night, we spent most of the session meeting talking candidly about this choice of emphasis. David said that this church is about mission. Fran spoke of the vitality of the prison ministry currently suspended by COVID. Marty reminded us that we are now the Atlanta home of Gigi's Playhouse, 
offering free therapeutic-based programming for children with Down syndrome. Joanne noted our ongoing hospitality to scout troops and 12-step programs. We gave thanks for Habitat for Humanity. We gave thanks for Nancy Elsie's legacy of advocacy. And, of course, we looked forward to the 30-day kindness challenge that Heather is piloting. Like our ancestors in the faith, there at Shechem, there at Capernaum, we were at a decision point. Now, now let me be clear. This is not a choice of outreach to the community versus inreach that ensures that we will lovingly get one another through this pandemic. Can I get an amen? We don't have to choose between ourselves and others. By the grace of God, we can do both. This was the decision to not only take care of ourselves, but also serve beyond ourselves. This was the decision to follow the risen Lord who leads us to one another and then on out into the hurting world. And like our ancestors in the faith at Shechem and Capernaum, Session's choice was intertwined with a foundational statement of belief that God has given us so much, including the opportunity and the calling to share with those in need. And finally, because God is never safely confined within the pages of the Bible, this decision to serve God, which we make knowing that we will follow it imperfectly, this decision is made by us as individuals, and yet it shapes our identity as a faith community. Our shared commitment to follow Jesus Christ with one another is what forms us, not only in this room, not only via the internet, but out in the world, because like our ancestors in the faith, we are the people of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.